This episode of Making Chips brought to you by the letter M. Oh my God, is this going to continue every week from now on? M, M. M is for my favorite thing, marketing. And I, I assume you're, we're continuing in that progression. We're talking about the AMT, Global Forecasting and Marketing Conference, which is going to be in downtown Atlanta on October 11th through the 13th at the Marriott Marquis downtown. Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Why is marketing so important? Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite things. Because I think we as manufacturers need to know about marketing. we got to be at the tip of the iceberg with it. People have to know why they need you. Exactly, Jason. So I would advise everybody that's interested in global forecasting and marketing to go online to amtonline.org forward slash GFMC. Click register now and get that early bird pricing before September 8th. Absolutely, yes. And you mentioned ideas. So one thing the visions are very good at, and that's why they often are founders of companies, is they have great ideas. But they have too many great ideas, and they probably don't get them all over the finish line and execute them. So that's why you want an integrator who just brings a little bit of discipline and says, okay, I'm going to take one of your 20 great ideas, and I'm going to make that one really happen. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name's Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And I'm here in the studio with my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr. Hey, you Jim. Al- you always open it differently than me. I know. But, it's fun <laughs> that way. That's okay. Hey, Jason. Yeah. How you doing? I'm yeah, great. We're, we're still sitting here. I have a visionary opening, and you have an integrator opening. I think that's what it is. Is that what it is? I think it so. It is. Well, I'm definitely a lot more structured. I know for sure. I know I, I don't have it written down, and and I know it in advance. I struggle, man. I know I annoy you when I come up with the episodes, and then I don't like put the structure together because you're like, oh, can you we see? Can. Is it written all over my face? It is, it is. I know you better right now. Yeah. Well, I just I, I want to tell the listeners that we're just going to go right back into it because we just finished recording that great episode with Patricia Miller. Great to have her back in our remote studio here in Schaumburg, Illinois. And just before they were ready to walk out the door, we said, hey. You're a visionary and an integrator team. Jason and I are a visionary and integrator team. Let's spend 30 more minutes. Let's get them back on the mic. And let's talk about that that is so important in the health of a good company. And and don't forget, the reason we actually wanted to bring Patricia back is that we want to talk about her time at the White House, too. So, Will, you can go, but... Um, we want to actually keep <laughs> Patricia here for just a very I short period of time to so talk, we'll talk about that experience. We'll talk too. about this, and then we'll move into that. Absolutely. Hey, Jason, uh, I was just you know wondering what does next week look like to you? You know, Jim, we're actually recording a live podcast. We're gonna, oh, that's right. I'm yeah, yeah. Super excited for that. Where's that going to be? It's going to be in Sugar Grove, Illinois, for the Valley Industrial Conference, and we're going to be interviewing our good friend Rich Hoster. 
Yeah, Rich Hoster from uh, Smith & Richardson is going to be there. He's our good friend from the TMA Board of Directors. Super smart guy. He's got a great manufacturing company. And um, I think it's going to be a great day. Uh, all the excitement of... Making chips is going to be there. We're going to have branding and music. It's and gonna, yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be live. So you got to be on your game, Jim. None of this like you know, take five, take six stuff that we have to do with you all the time. You know, you got to be on your game. Can you do that? I can promise. you do that for me. I all promise. Right, good, good. You got it. So Thursday, September seventh at Wabasi Community College in Sugar Grove, Illinois. I believe that the annual conference starts at eight a.m. and go to Valley Industrial. Find out more information, and we hope to see all of our listeners. Yeah, we'd love there. to have some conversations. Wonderful. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Patricia, for hanging around with us for another uh, yeah, few minutes. Um, you know, I'm just going to lead this off, and I'll kind of let Jason run the show here. Um, but I didn't know much about Visionary Integrator until Jason brought it up to me, and he, he is um, using the EOS system for his Yeah, we business. utilize this model um, at, at my business, right. um, and it works really well. And I, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that relationship between Patricia and Will. And you and I have the visionary have integrator relationship that we didn't, I don't even think we realized that we had right. when we started making chips two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, and as this is actually turning into a business, it's going to become more and more important to actually flesh that out and be a little bit more formalized in the way that we handle that as opposed to how we've been doing it more informally. Absolutely. Because, and, I mean, and I'm a structured guy, so I yeah. totally agree with that. I, I mean, I, as I've told you before, you know, even though you know, making chips was my idea, it was just another one of those ideas that until somebody like yourself grabbed it and said, yeah, let's actually do this, I'd be like, oh, crap, you want to actually do the idea that I had? And, well, it, and it required had somebody like moment. you. Yeah, it I had an aha it required, moment. I mean, because you, know, you, you can't do it. I, I feel like somebody's either got to have both those qualities or you have to have those two different people. And when you have those two different people, as we'll get into, it's that much more powerful. So why don't you lead it off and tee this up so our listeners know what the heck we're talking about? Okay, so in the previous episode, we had um, Patricia and Will on, and we talked about her first three years in the manufacturing industry talked about some of her surprises, talked about some of her challenges. And one of the main things that came out of that episode was this whole visionary integrator relationship. So Patricia is CEO and visionary of Matrix 4, and Will is CFO and integrator of Matrix 4. And we really just kind of scratched the surface of of what that really means and how important it is to the business. But I want to take a deeper dive in this episode and really get into the into the nuts and bolts of what it means to be a a visionary. Why don't we let them talk about how their roles as visionary integrator work and and in their day to day? Absolutely. So, um, you know, if you were to introduce yourself as the visionary of the company, I mean, how what are your what are your five roles that you have that um, that you do for Matrix Four? Where I'm driving mostly strategy, business development, culture, HR. And long-term planning, most of the client relationships, outward-facing, um, looking at what is, how are we driving the brand, creating brand awareness, and also looking for our next clients and building those relationships. So I'm mostly externally facing and more focused on strategy, branding, marketing, business development. Okay, and Will as the integrator. As integrator, so doing more operational things, um, definitely watching the finances, the operations. Also, um, managing the people. Um, 
I've been looking forward to saying this for a long time, so especially as our visionary and CEO. But um, the other sort of characteristics, and it is rather brilliant, actually. So Gino Wickman wrote the book, uh, Traction, which outlines the entrepreneurial operating system, which I know we run at Matrix, and I know you also run it, Jason. And um, it's rather brilliant that he discovered that uh, visionaries have a certain type, and they are ideas people, and they really just they, they want to jump to the next idea, and they want everything now, and they're very impatient. But, for example, he also says um, visionaries shouldn't have direct reports because they're kind of frustrating to work for, um, or can be. Um, and they shouldn't run meetings because they don't kind of have that sort of discipline of ABC working through a meeting. I'm generalizing, of course, but this is all laid out in, in, in the book. And a subsequent book called Rocket Fuel, which kind of came out of this traction um, thing. So the way they like the organization to be set up is they said every great company, and this is really about small, fast-growing entrepreneurial companies, has a CEO and visionary, and they have one report, who is the integrator, and everybody else, there's like the CRO, so chief revenue officer, chief finance officer, and... COO, basically, Chief Operations Officer, report into the integrator. Yeah, another another way that um, we talk about it in my business, and I didn't make this up, I, I took this from another um, business guru named Dan Sullivan, and he talks about these three different types of people. Um, you have one person who you know we would characterize as the visionary, and they're the person that makes it up. And then you have the second person that would ma- be kind of like the integrator. That person makes it real. And then you have these third people that are, I guess, what you would say would be your shop floor and they make it recur. So you have your idea, then you make your idea a reality, and then you have a team of people that need to make that thing ongoing so that the customer actually gets what the person that makes it up promised to them. Yes. Does, that, does that relationship sound very familiar? Absolutely, yes. And you mentioned ideas. So one thing the visions are very good at, and that's why they often are founders of companies, is they have great ideas. But they have too many great ideas, and they probably don't get them all over the finish line and execute them. So that's why you want an integrator who just brings a little bit of discipline and says, okay, I'm going to take one of your 20 great ideas, and I'm going to make that one really happen. Oh, my get God. I'm going to take the best that one. That is so true. You're giving Jim ammunition for saying <laughs> oh, no to me. Oh, my God. It is so true. <laughs> Jim likes so to true. say you're giving me a headache, but like now he's just going to start saying no. Well, and what's really interesting is, is that it- you know having uh, – I had never used EOS or Traction in the Fortune 500 world. We did a ton of other tests, right? Myers-Briggs, Belbin, Insights, Strength Finders, where you were looking at what kind of personality type are you, and then how do you create a cross-functional team with all of those elements? But um, I think you also find that visionaries can be integrators and integrators can be visionaries. And so you you find in some small companies that someone is playing both of those roles, but but may unfortunately be hindered by trying to play both of those roles. Yeah, you're still not going to be firing on on all cylinders if you try to take both of those roles on. And it's not an ideal situation. Well, and the hard thing is figuring out when do you bring on that role, right? Because... I could have told you on week two I needed an integrator because I was used to having a leadership team around me. I was used to not needing to do the integration side all of the time. But 
when you're a small company that's resource constrained, you're mm-hmm. always looking at, does it make sense to bring on the role? And can we afford to bring on the role? And when can we? Um, but then there's also the flip side of, can we not afford to bring on this role? And what if we don't bring it on? And and, and what are we losing in that process too? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. And I can, I can relate to that. I have a story about um, the visionary integrator relationship that I have currently. Um, so Craig, our integrator, he came on um, with the company when I no longer. So when we were we were kind of struggling from I shouldn't say struggling when we were smaller in sales. I was doing a lot of the functions of the controller. I didn't enjoy it. I was never trained in it, but I knew you know I was able to teach myself how to do a lot of that functionality. When we were ready to hire a full time controller. There was something about you know the ad that I put out. It sparked him. Um, he came on on a part-time basis, and he sneakily worked himself into that integrator role. And it's just been, I mean, it's been beautiful. I mean, because it's allowed me to bring a lot of those ideas out there, focus on the customer, build the sales, and in a way that I don't have to necessarily worry about you know making it real. And that's that's really important to me because I get really really yeah. quickly and of course we're all good and going to be more successful and perform better if we're doing the things that we like doing mm-hmm. so there are these two sort of natural types but if we're both able to focus on those we're gonna we're gonna uh, individually in our, in our own areas perform better but again the idea of putting the two together as you've just described jason it's it's really powerful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what does it mean for the small manufacturing company that's listening to this episode today and what would be the first step for them because you know i still struggle with that too being a small manufacturing company you know that i i, did, I didn't learn this stuff i'm just you know i'm just learning it from all of you my peers my friends so what would you suggest to that small machine shop with eight to ten employees in in the middle of Nebraska? What would be the first step for them to do to kind of figure it out and create a roadmap for them uh, for visionary integrator relationship? Well, I, actually, I would say perhaps the first step is not focusing on the visionary integrator. The first step is maybe taking adopting some of the entrepreneur operating system because whatever your role is, you can definitely do that. It's just integrators are going to be better, but that's the first step, I think, is to bring in some EOS to your business. Um, if you kind of got a lot of chaos going on and you're struggling and you're not sleeping well and all that, this system will help you put some things in place which will make you, your business run a little better and easier. So read the book. Read the book. It's called Traction. Traction. Gino Wickman. There's also several tools online that you can go to the EOS Worldwide website and download for free. And so, you know, if it's a question of, gosh, do we really have the the resources to do this? And I think some people have the misperception that it's going to require a huge overhaul and a lot of money. Um, to do it. And I don't think it does. Um, even if you download a few of the free basic templates to start creating structure, um, that and can be And this is on the EOS step. website, yeah. the official EOS and website? Okay. Exactly. And that's just, you know, Traction was the book that EOS was founded on, but there's other um, rubrics for this too. That's just one structure. So you may find that you like a different um ideology than EOS, but I think all of them get at the point of trying to create order and structure and process and people and profit. And so whatever one you want to go with, we decided this one because we had familiarity to it. 
Will had already implemented it in previous businesses. Um, I had read traction in rocket fuel. Um, we had some of that there, but it doesn't mean that that's the only one you have to go with. Yeah, I was actually on um, a path of trying to design my own business system based on a lot of the you know best business minds, like you know the Jim Collins, the Jim Collins and the Patrick Lencioni's, and I said to myself, you know, I need to put all these together in a cohesive system. And then I read Traction, and I was like, oh, somebody already did this. This is great. I don't have to do the work now. And it, it ended up um, just being a, a great system for us. And, and like you mentioned, Patricia, there's a lot of other or not a lot, but there's several other systems out there that you know you just got to go with the one that resonates with you the most. To to answer your previous question, Jim, um, you know one of my thoughts or it would be um, you know to really sit down and and take stock of of the activities that you do. You know which of those activities do you really love, and which of those activities are you really great at, and that might that might be a tell as far as whether you are the integrator or, or the visionary. Um, you might look at that and, and after you, after you, you know, really understand what those two different roles are, I'm more of a visionary or I'm more of an integrator. And that might push you in the direction of saying who can be my integrator or I need to hire a visionary or, you know, just something along that line. Yeah. And actually there is a tool on the EOS website that makes that easy. You can actually take this little questionnaire. I think it's 20 questions. There's one for visionary and there's one for integrator. So it's not like, as Trisha said, it's not like an either or. But uh, I did this recently for um, a CEO that I was helping, and she took the test, and she found out she was like a 90 on the visionary, meaning she's clearly a visionary. She still scored a 60 as an integrator. So you can go online and take that, and it's, the results are emailed to you, and it's, it's, it's pretty helpful, too, in figuring out what's your best role and what sort of role do you want to bring in to help you. And I think even just having an understanding of it, right? Because if you get the sense of, or you do the test, or you sit down and reflect, okay, am I more of the visionary strategic? Am I more of the integrator executing? Um, Having that insight about yourself then also will help you as you drive your team too. Because if you're a visionary and you know that you may have a lot of ideas or you may want things done much faster than is realistic or what, what some of the other characteristics are, then you can catch yourself too to say, okay, I'm clearly giving my team 20 ideas right now, and this is probably not feasible, and so we need to prioritize. And so you may not even have both the visionary and integrator in your organization, or you may, but even just getting a better sense of what you are and what kind of leader you are then will allow you to lead the organization just a bit more equipped and and insightful. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe, and I, and I might not be quoting this verbatim, but there's a um, a phrase that they use in I, I think Rocket Fuel where where they say if you're if you're a visionary, and then once you realize that you are a visionary, it's like you know realize you're the visionary and be free, and if you're the integrator, realize you're the integrator and be stressed, and that's essentially like in a nutshell, you know, the different roles that you have between between the two of them. Well, to to follow on though, employees tend to find this a great refresher too. For employees, it can be hard working for a visionary. Every day they're going to come in and dump something new on your desk and you haven't finished yesterday's. Um, So integrators um, tend to be good at uh, managing people, directing them. And one one of the things they talk about... Yes, and and one of the ways EOS does that is with rocks. So quarterly rocks, which are just goals, but every 13 weeks you set that up on a quarterly off-site 
And that means that for those 13 weeks, the business priorities are pretty much set. And so you kind of focus on that each week at our L10 meeting. How are you doing against that? Is it red, yellow, or green? But that means the visionary ideas can't kind of mess up with that 13-week step towards at least getting those things done. And we tend to take Trisha's great ideas and put those in the parking lot for the next quarter. You know, so that you can have both. She gets to execute on her ideas, and we get to make sure the business is performing yeah, and, and, and able to get things done. And, and, you, and you read my mind, Will, because um, before I realized, before I was freed up as the visionary of the company, I didn't realize it, but in the role that I, w- I was placing myself in, I was actually the roadblock to things really getting done because I just, I was able to, you know, really quickly come up with the ideas, quickly start stuff. And I just, I could not finish a single thing. And, and it was, it was starting to become a problem. And um, once I realized who I was, it, it, it made it um, less challenging for my team because then I allowed them to just get it done as opposed to them leaving it up to me to get it done. And they were free to say, Jason doesn't have to you know, put his stamp of approval on every single detail here. And have you seen the benefit on the top and bottom line of your business, Jason? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been phenomenal because I can focus on what I do best and really drive the company. And you seem to be happier and enjoying oh, what you're doing I'm more freed. too. I'm freed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I think also most, um, most manufacturing owners are probably more or have probably been more in integrator roles, right? Because they're technical experts that have been driving execution and then find themselves in leadership roles. And so where I think that's awesome because then you can get a lot of things done and you clearly have the ability to go from A to B and to to solve things, not just start a lot and not get it done. But I have also heard a lot of our colleagues talk about how an integrator being at the helm and the owner and the person who kind of came from the shop floor up may not also be open-minded to what's driving culture and what's driving priorities and how do you think bigger. And so I think the other thing for, like you said, the shop in Nebraska, the 8 to 10 person shop, if you are that integrator who grew up on the shop floor and finds yourself in a leadership position, you've clearly been able to execute and create process and procedure with your people, but you may also not be challenging where are you headed in the next three to five years? What's your vision? Where do you want to strive for? How are you going to get there? And so being able to put in place some of the entrepreneurial operating system or otherwise systems to really think through what is your vision? How are you going to get there? What are your priorities? Um, At least helped us as we were in growth mode and wanting to continue to grow the company, be able to keep achieving those goals. Yeah, I really like that example. And uh, I, I wonder if integrators running businesses, do the businesses get a little stuck, you know, whereas the vision is going to totally come in with well. how to, is going to, vision is going to figure out how to compete. What's the next new idea? How do we get that new customer? So again, that combination is, is really great. I'm actually reminded by a story about which probably most people know. Bill Gates, when he took himself out of the CEO position, as really as a technical guy, um, also a great business person, but he put himself in a CTO position, brought in Steve Ballmer to run the company. Um, kind of, it, maybe that's also what you know. If an integrator run a company, might want to hire a visionary, hire your boss, but still, you know, 
do what you do best. Yeah, and there's a lot of great examples of that where you, you've got this great visionary that's the face of the company, and and that doesn't always have to be the be the the scenario. But like you know, Walt Disney had his brother. I believe that uh, Steve Jobs at Apple. I believe that he had a, a, a right hand man that was an integrator for him. And you don't necessarily you know hear about that person, but that person was just vital to getting the company to where it was. Yeah, even when Will came on board as the integrator, it freed me up to start thinking more about how am I spending my time. And although I could do the operational part and go out on the factory floor and chat with the team and see what we were doing, I much more enjoy having the conversations and time spent with clients and what are we doing from business development and being able to build the company. And so it freed up my think time and ability to not have to be within the four walls of the company, but truly be driving the business and its growth. Trisha, did you have a powerful integrator before you had Will? Did you have somebody? At I mean, Matrix clearly Four? you were at Matrix yeah, Four. I think- clearly, you are the visionary of the company. But when you first came on board, did you have an integrator role there? To I utilize? think my mom was playing that integrator role okay. in certain capacities because she was a technical expert that could execute. On okay, there you go. Done on the floor and out the door. Um, she didn't have the the finance aspect of things or the people leadership from a cultural sense that I was dri- wanting to drive the business to. Sure. But she had the ability that I knew if I wasn't there for the day or out with clients or doing something that things were getting done and being taken care of. Yeah. Thank you. That's and and I, I, I think that goes to that, you know, if you can, you're going to have somebody there most likely that is in that integrator role, but if you can formalize it more and make sure that whatever that role is that you define it, what's best for the business, and then you look at, okay, now do is this somebody internal or is this somebody that I need to hire? Um, you're just going to see so much more of an acceleration in your business if you do that. And making sure it's a strong cultural fit. Because if you have an integrator in the role of someone driving things internally and your team, and it's not a good cultural fit, then you know you are going to create a disengaged culture and people are going to leave or not be motivated. And so I think it's really, you can find people that may be able to play the role, but are, are they also the great cultural fit too? Right. So they so, have to have a good cultural fit, or else yeah. everyone would leave, would leave. Right. Yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Everybody in the company should be a good cultural fit. Everybody too. has yeah. to be. I mean, that yeah. that's the foundation of the company. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we, we've got these identifiable leaders that are great in their independent roles, but at the end of the day, if the culture's not there, you know, I think it's like a big pot, you know, mixing a batch of cookies and you're, you're, everyone is in that pot, but you know, everyone's, someone's the chocolate chip, someone's the flour, someone's the salt, someone's the baking powder, you know, that's how it all gets put together. But it's, and when they all comes together, man, it's great tasting, right? Yeah. So Jim, I know you've been talking to these guys, Zometry with an X. X-O-M-E-T-R-Y. What is this all about? Well, what it is, it's it's really kind of like an addendum for the machine shop out there. If you're overloaded with work in your shop, you can log on to Zometry.com and click get an instant quote, upload a 3D model, and within a few clicks... 
it's going to spit out a price and delivery for you for your machine part. How does it do it? I don't know. I have no idea, but I have tried it and it does work and it's pretty competitive to what we do at Car Machine and Tool. In addition to that, if you're in between jobs, so you've got a, a little light couple weeks ahead of you, you're in between big jobs and you want to take in some of that work, all you got to do is sign up to become one of their manufacturing partners, and then they will offer you work to do at your shop. It's really a win-win for a small machine shop or even a medium-sized machine shop that needs to fill in any kind of machining. So go to Zometry.com? You bet. So we talked a little bit about um, you know the role of the visionary. That person is, is the person that has the vision. They have the ideas. They have those customer relationships. But some people might be thinking to themselves, well, okay, integrator, that word, what, what does that actually mean? It, it means exactly what you think it means. They, the, that person is integrating all of the cross-functional groups that you have in the company. So usually that starts with your sales and marketing and your finance and your operations. So that person is integrating those those um, functions across your business. So has there been an, uh, like an evolution at Matrix 4, how you've seen the business improve because you had that integrator that was holding those areas responsible or bringing them together so they weren't like these separate silos? Well, first of all, thank you for pointing out what an integrator actually is. <laughs> At least we didn't get through the whole podcast without doing that. But uh, good point and, and nice, nice description. Um, yeah, I know. I think you, you know it. it um, we definitely see that working working well. I mean, part of it was getting the right people in the right seats in those key positions, and then um, making sure that there was that cultural fit, so the teamwork is happening. But then, and then putting in the sort of meeting rhythm and the accountability pieces. You know, you'll be familiar, Jason, with terms like the accountability chart. Mm -hmm. Really important. Not an organization chart, an accountability chart. So everybody knows what, who's accountable for. Just simple things like that can really help bring clarity. Um, and then, yes, get them all working well together and integrated around their, the uh, company's quarterly goals and, of course, their own individual goals, too. And you need to make sure that each one of those um, those functions are strong because if each, any of them are weak, then you're 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 just going to have a weak company. It's, yeah, you know you're and only as strong as the weakest link in that yeah. case. And once your company's of a certain size, then you'll see you'll have multiple L10s because you'll have the strategic L10 team for the business leadership group, but then other L10 teams can start to happen within those functions. Um, and of course, all driven by numbers. The EOS says everybody should have a number that they are accountable for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and people might be thinking to themselves, gosh, this sounds really overwhelming. How about I just don't do this? But I think that they, they need to keep in mind that, you know, th this is a step-by-step -step process and there there is a flow to getting this done. And it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Absolutely. I know at least for us, it didn't happen Absolutely. overnight. It, takes, it takes took, time took to years in a, lot of t in a lot of cases. I think you they know? say that. It takes a couple of years for all the pieces to be in place and for an organization to get really good at it. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was it was really helpful for us as a resource because in, in the fortune world, you have a lot of those pieces in place and you have project managers driving things and you have key resources around it that I think it's actually a very easy tool to implement for a small, stretched, resource-constrained company. Absolutely. Well, that's great, guys. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with us this afternoon. I, I know that this is a, a very powerful system to utilize, and uh, you know it, it's really hard for small manufacturing companies to get it, and especially you know your legacy shops that have bringing it have the second 
third and even fourth generation to 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 see that throughput come through. Yeah, absolutely. And and we would love to hear if there's anybody that's part of the Metalworking Nation that is operating in a visionary integrated relationship. We'd love to hear about your experience, you know, the transformation that you've gone through, or if you are interested in um, you know, talking to us about this and you want to know more about what the visionary integrator relationship is, email us. They could do that. Jim at Making Chips, Jason at Making Chips, or Ryan at Making Chips. Yeah, absolutely. And and we would just love to hear your feedback on whether you think that this is something that would be impactful for your manufacturing business. We think it is. We think it's something that really can elevate you know manufacturing leadership, which is what uh, Jim and I are aiming for on making chips. And um, we would love to hear your feedback on that. And I would say don't think of it as a big task. Just take little pieces and start implementing it at a time. I mean, that's what I'm doing at Car Machine. I'm, t- I'm taking little things that I've learned and um, and, and just starting to add them into our structure of our company. And then after a while, you, you've got it or you're on the path, and it'll, it'll really start to yeah, there is, see the results of, uh, of your labor. Yeah, there is a step-by-step process. And you know one of the ways that you could do it is you, can, you could take that step-by-step process, or in the case of Jim, which I believe is, is just as um, you know, applicable of a, of a tactic to take, is you know, what, what part of the system do you think is best for my company right now? And really grab that and put that into place, which is, which is what you've done. And you know, the whole objective is to you know, just realize the vision that you set out for your company and you know, to, um, to make more chips. And when you're making more chips, what are you making more of, Jim? You're making more money. Exactly. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.